A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Leticia Boardman. That's perfect. With a Thank you. French accent. Lovely yeah. to have you here. And we're going to be talking about the power of delegating in building trust and confidence. Now, I think delegating is important just in and of itself. And if it can build trust and confidence as well, then we're winning on three fronts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. delegating in and of itself is super important and we don't do enough of it in general. That's right. And then we build trust and confidence, which helps the people that we're delegating to build themselves personally. Correct. Oh, super. So that's where we're going with this episode. It's lovely to meet yes. you. You work at Microsoft. I do. Yes. I currently and work you at have Microsoft. a huge team. I do have a large, very large team. It's a global team um, that is um, that is part of Microsoft Advertising, and we do sales enablement for our our team, and and we um, support the sales organization. Brilliant! And then you're also Super Myself Coaching, which I love as a name. Yeah, thank you. That came from a coaching session that I had with my own coach. Um, so it was um, it's about being you know your most authentic self. Oh, right. Brilliant. So the coach has a coach and the coach coach has Absolutely. a coach as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Definitely. Right. I so, think every, every coach should have a coach. Yeah. And I was thinking it goes up and up and up and never ends. But in fact, it probably goes round in circles. It probably is more of a virtuous cycle. You are right. How lovely. So yes. Super Myself Coaching is all about being your most honest self being honest with yourself and communicating on that you know i have a, t a punchline around it that's basically it's the practice of being unapologetically you in Ooh. in all the aspects of your life that you're that you want to focus on so um i believe you know there's different slices of the pie that make up your whole life um and this is my goal as a coach is to help people um find the ways to be their most authentic self oh cool how many parts to the pie are there well, in my pie, I would say there's at least six. Um, so, you know, there's your career, there's your family, there's your friends, there's your health, um, there's your uh, finances, your community, um, you know, um, there's your hobbies, you know, they're very important um, to your to your wellness. Um, and so I think those are some of the things um, that would be make up that pie. Brilliant. Wonderful. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. Now, we're going to be talking about delegation yeah. and building trust and confidence, but that was a really nice little sideline there at the start. But before we get going, Brand Serps. This is what I came across when I searched your name. LinkedIn, yes. Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook. I've never seen a brand with just social media platforms on it. <laughs> oh, I know. I was I was uh, thinking this through, and um, it was the part I was most nervous about for this whole session and was also the part I'm the most excited about because I clearly need some <laughs> help with my brand SERP, um, and I feel like I'm with the right people to help me figure this out. Um, especially as I start to um, think about what's next for me post my corporate life, um, which I call my PCL, my post-corporate life. 
um, and where I can where I can learn to develop what my brand SERP looks like. Right, brilliant. Well, I can give you one piece of advice right off the bat, and that's yes. get yourself a personal website. Even with two pages, it will dominate very quickly. And that's where you can control your brand. So it's through your entity home. And your entity home is the website that you own control. And it represents you as a personal brand, a super myself. Entity exactly. Home. Exactly. And then I looked at Microsoft Bing and I got this and it's brilliant. Microsoft Bing chat. Um, Letitia, Bo oh, Letitia, excuse me. Boardman, that's right. Um, I speeded this up because uh, it's still a little bit slow on Bing Chat and Google's SGE. But then it immediately asked me, am I looking for a specific Leticia Boardman? And it asks about the Microsoft one. So I then say, yes, I want more information about the Microsoft one. Yeah. We've paused it here for a moment. That looks like a pretty good description of you. That is a very good description of me. It's not 100% accurate, but it's fairly accurate. Yes. Brilliant. And... Then I went into the speaking topic. So these are questions that Bing Chat suggested to me. And I think this is really important because I wouldn't have thought to ask that question, but Bing encouraged me to ask that question. And now I know the answer to that question, even though when I started searching your name, the question hadn't occurred to me. And for that's me- That's brilliant, the, actually. That's very brilliant, giving you probably questions. <laughs> yeah, and, and which questions it, suggests depends on the understanding it has of the person or the company. So those follow-up questions are really important. That means that it's understood that speaking is a huge part of your super myself. Exactly. And it pushed that to the fore. So you need to train these machines to push the parts of you, the which of the six parts of your pie yes. you want to the front so that your audience gets the information you want and is drawn down the funnel in the way that you want. That's the future of SEO. That's the future of generative AI in search, and I love it. I do too. That was very impressive. Super duper. Thank you. I think Bing's really good, and I talk to Fabrice Canal a lot, and uh, you know, I, I, I Fabrice Canal is a great representation of Bing. Exactly. I use it quite frequently in my day-to-day, -day, just to even help me with conversation starters. So it's been, you know, in communications, et cetera. So it's very helpful. Ooh. Right. Oh, so you typed into Bing Chat, what shall I say to Jason Barnard when I go on his I show? did, absolutely, without a doubt. <laughs> and it said, just mention brand SERPs and he won't shut up. He's, um, yeah, he'll be so excited and he'll just talk to me about it. <laughs> brilliant. But that's not the topic for today. The topic for today is delegating. Now, yes. I know that I've struggled a great deal with delegating. I think, ooh, I can just do that myself and it'd be much quicker. I'm probably better done. That's yep. the wrong approach. It, that is that is the wrong approach. And it is a pitfall. I've absolutely fallen into myself um, as well. And uh, so some of the questions I ask myself when that happens is why I feel that way. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what I realized is it comes down to control. Um, and it's um, control on my part. So it's a it's a little bit of like, well, I can do it better. I can um, do it faster, um, which might be true for one time. But the reality is if you give someone an opportunity to do it themselves, they will become faster over time as well. Um, and therefore, 
gives you some additional space back to take on something else. So I've learned to uh, to delegate um, and to let go a little bit of control. I think that's probably part of the key um, and some of the areas that I would say the vast majority of us, myself included, struggle with when it comes to delegating. Right. Well, I can, can I add another reason one might do that? Sure. Probably it's the reason I would do it more is impatience. Is I just want to move forwards. I want to get it done. And I hate the idea of sending it to somebody, waiting two days for it to come back, and then saying, well, that's not quite what I needed, sending it back. And then it's a week gone by before it's done. Yes, that is, that's fair. And I would say to you that that's also short-sighted. Yes, without the right? glasses. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, short-sighted in that, you know, of course, the first time someone takes on a new task, it's going to take them longer. Um, and so that is where your patience has to come into play. Um, but the more, the more someone does a task, the faster they're going to get, just like anybody. You know, so it's the same um, way for us, like if someone were to send us something and say, hey, can you do this? The first time around, it's going to be the longest time it ever takes us. Um, yes. And then it's going to get faster and faster as we become more proficient in whatever that task might be. Right. So let go so you don't want to control everything. Be patient. Understand that the other person will catch up with you. Absolutely. But at the same time, they'll probably even overtake you if they're doing that more constantly, more frequently than you were. Well, and they'll also find potentially different ways to do it, which yes. might bring in different aspects of it. Um, you know, I'm always, I'm a big believer in, you know, three brains is better than one. Um, and so having someone else take a look at it and come from a different perspective, um, you're going to be able to expand and grow um, what that task might actually look like in the end. Right. Ooh. And I've had an experience recently whereby I've delegated something like one of the things that we do in Galley Cube, I delegated it a year ago. The person who's taken it on has got better and better and better and better. And now I'm imagining what they could do and I've got no idea how they might do it. But I just think, oh, that might be a good idea. And that's yes. a really nice position to be in. But I, once again, I had to be patient for a year. Go ahead. For them to no, I totally agree with you. I think the one thing also is to be patient for that year. And now that you have the ideas, you literally can brainstorm with them. And chances yeah. are high that they will be the ones that come back with how this can be, um, how your ideas can be implemented and how they can um, potentially grow whatever you're working on um, to be with the next level. I said, there's one thing. That's one thing. I said, the other thing that that does, though, is when you were to delegate to this person, it gives you more time back, too which means yeah. you can take something else on, right? So um, when it comes to prioritization, that's really important for you to be able to say, hey, what, what do I need to delegate so that I can then take on something else? Um, and, um, and it's also nice to see that person flourish, right? To see yeah. them, um, you know, take something on and own it themselves um, and to see them continue to grow. And that's where that kind of confidence comes into that place. Um, mm -hmm. But then imagine they, they now say, oh, well, Jason trusts me to do this. Like, so I'm now the owner of it. So he trusts me. So, um, and it builds, it builds that building that confidence also builds motivation. Um, so the more the trust you have, the more you're going to be able to do. Right. And I think kind of the, the control aspect is something that is ingrained in a lot of us, especially people who start companies or are in leadership roles. Mm -hmm. And it holds us back 
and it indicates to people that we don't trust them, which means that they're not comfortable and they don't move forwards. So we're creating exactly. a truth that doesn't necessarily exist. That is correct. I think you could, you could go either way, right? So if you don't delegate, it, build, it builds that sense of not trust, and therefore you have a you know you have a um, vicious cycle. Where if you do trust and you allow the person to you know learn and grow and develop and build that confidence, you end up having you know a virtuous cycle. So you have an opportunity you know as the delegator to determine basically which way you're going to go. Well, right, virtuous or vicious? I love it. Um, what happens when you delegate the first time and it all goes horribly wrong? Yeah, <laughs> um, it does happen. Um, and the one thing that I love about when things go horribly wrong, um, love might be a strong word, but the reality is that one of the best ways for all of us to learn is from our mistakes. So right. when it comes to that time, I would say I, I probably look at, you know, what what my contribution was into that potential it going all wrong. Like, did I provide mm. the full clarity that they needed? Did I provide the guidance that they may have needed? Um, because there is a fine balance between, you know, um, like the autonomy that might be needed versus the guidance that's also needed. Um, mm. So taking a look at kind of the role I played in potentially that going wrong is definitely one area. <laughs> um, the other area is working with that person, you know, like, um, you know, one of the one of the key things I've learned in my experience um, when it comes to uh, where things go wrong is, you know, how do you have that conversation from a feedback perspective? Um, and one of the best things I've ever learned was to ask the person where they think things went wrong first. Ooh. You know, you know, we ourselves know, we know, we know what we could have done better. Um, so, so I think that's one of the key learnings I've had as well. And that, when that happens, like, you know, Hey, let's sit down and let's say, Hey, where, where do you think that you could have improved? Um, where could this have been improved? Whatever it might be. And I would say 90% of the time that person knows, you know, right. so it's like, you know, you can, you can agree with them. You can, you could add to them. And there might be times where they say something goes wrong and you're like, I actually think that went well. So um, it's an opportunity to open up that conversation, but also to determine what, you know, what the path forward is um, mm -hmm. and know that they're learning, right? That's the other thing is like people love to learn, you know, they want to grow right. and that, that's definitely an opportunity. Right. Yes. A hundred percent. And relate to that, every, everybody wants to learn. I think we're all in that, in that situation. Are some people not comfortable with being delegated to i.e. responsibility and it's simply not a good idea to delegate, or is that a false assumption that I would make that some people are suited to being delegated to and others aren't? That's a great question. I personally, I believe people are most comfortable with delegation when you're de when they're you're delegating something that they like. Yes. Right. So if they if you have something that's a strength of theirs, um, so that's where that you know that kind of relationship and that. Um, that kind of rapport is going to come into play. Um, if you're delegating uh, to someone who doesn't necessarily like to do something, um, I think you have a little bit of a, a friction that will happen there. Um, and that would be some someone that would like, I don't like to do it. I, I genuinely do not believe people in general across the board don't like being delegated to. I think it's more around what they're being delegated than it okay. is about being delegated to. 
Right. Now, I mean, this is, as I've had a couple of cases where people have said, I would rather you just told me what to do. I do it, give it back to you, because I just don't want the responsibility. I like just turning up, being told that I've got this, that, and the other to do, and then I go home. Um, in that circumstance, would you suggest more saying, well, okay, we need somebody, we're delegating, we're delegating specific tasks, mm -hmm. but we need to structure it incredibly well. So it is delegation. It's just delegating very specific structured tasks with timeframes. You know, it's interesting you say that. There's, you know, there's different, I would say, theories around that. I would say one thing is like, you know, as you think about like situational leadership is one of the key things we talk about, right? So when you think about someone who's first learning something, mm. you know, that is going to be something that's much, much more directive than it is yeah. going to be much, that it is going to be much more, you know, leaving them to autonomy, right? Like, so yeah. I think that that will happen, right? If someone says, just tell me what to do. Um, and that's typically when it's brand new, right? So that's typically when it's mm -hmm. brand new. And that's where you need to work with them on that confidence piece, right? Like that's oh, also... Yeah an opportunity to say, hey, I actually trust you to know how to do this. And if you need guidance and support as you figure it out, let me know, because that's where the confidence is going to come into play. Right. Okay. That makes me now think of two things. Number one is even when somebody's saying, just give me the work to do, you're still delegating. And the second is once they've figured it out and they've become confident with the work, then they're very likely to want to do more and to want to have more responsibility because Correct. otherwise you're stuck in, in one specific role and nobody wants that. Right, and you're not learning. We're going back to that again. You're not learning. You're yeah. not growing. Um, uh, ex exactly. I think, I think people in general want to learn and grow. Right, super. Right, next question is, what's I delegated to somebody? How can we figure out within the company how those people then delegate to other people? So we've got a cascading delegation system. Yeah, that's great. That's a great one. Um, yeah, that's a great one. I think that's, it also goes back to prioritization, I think, as well. So um, twofold, I think I would say prioritization is one key thing. And so everyone has, you know, it has to make that decision of how, what they're going to prioritize, how they're going to prioritize. And part of prioritization is, you know, what do you delegate? I do also think that, it's really important to learn people's strengths mm -hmm. and that doesn't matter where you are. So like if you, you know, if, so a peer and I might know that the other person has different strengths and that might be the opportunity to delegate, right? Say, Oh my goodness. You know, like, I'm not like, I'll give you a personal example. I am not someone who loves digging into data. I love looking at it. Mm -hmm. Like what's actually been like, you know, you know, been pulled out and like looking at it and being able to hypothesize against it. But I don't, I'm not the person who loves like digging in and doing it. Can I do it? Sure. But do I love it? No. And I yeah. have someone on my team who absolutely loves doing it. So when the time comes, I'll say, you know, Hey, I, we, I really think we could go and see if we could find the data that, that like proves our hypothesis around X, Y, and Z. Can you help me do that? He then in turn will look to his team who are experts at this and say, hey, will you guys help me figure this out? How do you think we should do this? And so it ends up being that, to your point, that kind of cascade delegation um, that ultimately started, you know, up here with like a hypothesis. And then how do we actually um, determine what, how to figure out whether our hypothesis is true or not? And so that's something right. that we've cascaded um, kind of down the line as an example. So if you're the top delegator and you've delegated... Yep 
down. And that person then thinks, well, I can do it myself, it'll be quicker, and fails to delegate. How can you deal with that? Uh, I think that's about that's goes back to that feedback conversation again. I think there's an opportunity okay. there where you know you can say what could have been done differently. You know what 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 would you improve? Um, you know what went well. You know we want to talk about that too, right? Like what went well? Um, because I do think that mm-hmm. I think most people will end up realizing it. Like oh my god, I probably could have used someone else's expertise or someone else's help on this. Um, I think that happens yeah. a lot. Or they might come back and say, hey, I really wanted to get it done quickly. Um, and the, and then they, the question is, you know, what's driving that, you know, like what, what is, what was driving you wanting to turn around quickly? Like, and again, looking at myself, was it me? Did I provide guidance that I needed to turn around quickly? You know, those are the kinds of things that, you know, that I, I have to take responsibility for and accountability for as well when it comes to delegating. And that means that when you're talking to the people around you and the people you're delegating to, there has to be trust both ways they need to trust you to be able to say what they feel about the situation and say well actually yes you did put pressure on me right that's absolutely right i think the trust is i mean trust is is not a one-way street in in my opinion right like you it's two people trust each other um and so in this case you'd you know i you have to build up that rapport doesn't happen overnight obviously um and i think that building up that rapport with with um, the people that you work with whether that be a direct report, whether that be a peer, or even your manager, um, your um, someone that else that you report to, um, there needs to be a level of trust where you can um, you can go to them. And I also think that that opens up the door for guidance as well. So if someone's some things being delegated that you don't know what you know where to even begin, or like what's the yeah. starting point, like how do you like make sure you have the relationship in place where you can go to that person and say. Hey, you know, here's all the things I've tried, but I'm crying uncle, you know, I need help. Um, and, and know that that person's not going to hold it against you that, that you need help. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point is making sure that everybody is willing to ask for help when they need it. Yeah. Because otherwise my experience has been people sit in the corner, either struggling or getting it all wrong or freaking out and, being able to ask for help and having the confidence to ask for help exactly. is not always obvious. It's saying, because when you ask for help, often you feel like you're being, um, you're, you're not fulfilling your role. So you don't ask for help because you're worried that people will, will feel that you haven't, that will feel that you failed. How can you deal yeah, with exactly. that? You know, there's a couple of things. I think one, I think rewarding and recognizing those who ask for help. It, it, you know, it is a it is a trickle down effect, right? So not only you know does that actually help build that confidence um, with that person and allow, you know say hey that's the right thing to do, but everyone else sees it too, like oh yes. this person asked for help, you know, and they're being recognized for the fact that they asked for help. Or the reality is, I think we all like to help people too. So I think most <laughs> people want to help, right? So I, I'm super guilty of not asking for help when I should, um, but I love helping people. So there's kind of like a, 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 tug, a tug of war there within myself. And I have to remind myself, like, you love helping people. So why wouldn't you go and assume that someone else likes helping you too? Um, so I think that that in general, actually, the more people help each other, the more, again, it goes back to that, you know, a virtuous cycle again, where if you start to recognize it and see it as a strength that someone can actually ask yes. for help. Um, at the right time, and um, and you, I think that becomes um, it becomes part of the culture. 
Yeah. Oh, and that's key. Asking for help at the right time. Not too early, not before you've even tried to figure it out. Once you've tried yes. to figure it out and you haven't been able to, you ask for help, um, which is hugely important. So we like to teach and we like to help. Yes. And another question is, you mentioned that everybody in the company sees this going on and then it becomes company culture. How do you amplify or make public the fact that somebody is asking for help without making people feel bad? <laughs> you know, it's... It's, it's, it, that's a good point. I think the, the majority of the time it is recognizing when there's been more than one person that has helped with the outcome. Mm, and, that, and, and so it's giving, it's giving credit where credit is due, um, I think is a big aspect of, of doing that without basically calling out, well, this person stepped in right here to help me specifically, but to say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, this wouldn't have happened without these five people. You know, we wouldn't have been able to get to this point um, um, without that, or let me think this group of people who have, who have uh, been along with me on this journey. Brilliant. Oh yeah. Okay. And that, that leads me right into the next question because we have weekly meetings at Cali Q. We've got a cloud HQ, mm-hmm. uh, which where we all have a little virtual office and we can all, yeah. all knock on each other's doors and it's very cool. And we have weekly meetings. And what I've noticed is people, when they say, well, this, this is my achievement for this week. This is what I'm really proud of this week. Thank you to, and then they name check the people, as you said, who've been involved in that process. Thank you for your help supporting me. And that's made a huge difference. But then this question isn't particularly that. It's what about the problems of working remotely? It's really difficult to get to know people, understand their strengths, and talk like this, and be hugely honest and open. That, That kind of physical closeness is needed. How can we get around that? It, it, I would say I, it takes it takes a lot more effort. Number one, like I think you have to make a concerted effort to connect with people. You know, outside of like you basically need to create a virtual water cooler, right? You know, you need to create mm-hmm. virtual coffee dates. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. So my team, we have our team meeting, which is is which is very business oriented, and then. Um, while we went remote, we decided to create what we call a huddle. Um, and it's mm-hmm. our team huddle. And it, there's no agenda. Um, and it's our opportunity just to connect um, as people, you know, people that work with each other every single day. We spend more time with each other than we do sometimes our families, um, even though it's virtual. Um, and so we have a huddle. And I, I think that's kind of to your point with this um, opportunity to kind of recognize others that help you have helped you in um, um, in that virtual HQ that you have. And this is very similar to that where we've, where you've had to make a concerted effort to kind of create the environment where it feels more in-person-ish. Um, but it takes more work. I mean, frankly, it takes a lot more work to, um, to, to develop that kind of rapport um, being um, virtual than it does in-person. Right. When, when you're talking about huddle, is it the whole team in a huddle or little groups in a huddle? It's little groups. So we have smaller groups um, that get together and they we, we call it a huddle and we get together and we just huddle. And it's our opportunity to just talk about life and like what's going on and, you know, right. what we did for the weekend or what plans we might have coming up or, you know, and everything, everything under the sun will come to fruition. And it essentially is our replacement for grabbing a coffee. 
Brilliant. That's a really, really lovely way to end this whole conversation, which is sitting around in a huddle, having a virtual coffee. And it's exactly. something we're missing at, at CaliCube. There are a lot of meetings, but they're all business. They're all work-related. Um, and we're lacking, I think, that personal touch of the virtual coffee in a huddle. Brilliant. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Leticia. Yeah, and thank you. We have one more question, which is, how yes. will you use delegation to help with your brand cert? All right. Well, we opened with my abysmal brand SERP. Um, <laughs> and so one of my goals um, as I start to progress to what's next for me post my corporate life, um, I am very focused on my brand SERP moving forward. And in this case, I would like to utilize some of the experts um, in this, and I will help delegate some of that to them. So I, I am blessed to have many good friends that are very, very uh, good at this. Um, and I can rely on them and kind of delegate and ask them to help me um, with my brand SERP, um, including um, some of the advice that you gave me today. And I will continue to um, seek your advice, read your book, um, and learn more about my brand SERP and how I developed that. Brilliant. Oh, I love that answer. You managed to get that to fit together beautifully. And that question can sometimes be a sticker. Yes. Especially when you don't have a great brand SERP. <laughs> yes. But when you don't have a great brand SERP, everything you do will have a relatively bigger effect. So it's That's positive. Right. That's right. I absolutely believe that. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Leticia. That was absolutely brilliant. We've got lots of hints for CaliCube. I hope everybody out there got lots of hints and tips and tricks and useful information to help them with delegating to build trust and confidence. And I'm going to introduce next week, which is the delightful Katie Brinkley, how to post less on social media for more business. I really want to know how I can post less on social media and let and yet get more business from that less posting. Please, could you pass the baton? I absolutely will. I too am looking so forward to hearing from Katie Brinkley. So I'm passing the baton um, to Katie. Um, I would love also to um, learn how I can post less and, and get more from it. So I'm excited to hear from Katie Brinkley. <laughs> yeah, she seems to be uh, talking about the absolute nirvana of delight is we post it's going to be delightful thank you so much Leticia um, thank, you. thank you everybody you get the song a quick goodbye to end the show thank you Leticia uh, thank you so much Jason thank you that was brilliant Cali Cube it's all about your brand SERP